Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Zing This. You got me, Zinger, and we're about to embark on another great interview with a great author. Yes, I am joined by John Justice, author of the Embark series. Sir, how is it going? I think you're the first person to ever say I was a great author, so I'm doing fantastic. I, I always try to try to put, put people's spirits up because I know being on Zygnus is a real downer. So anyways, how's it going, sir? How are, how are you today? I'm doing really good. I'm on vacation, so I'm super... Uh, you get your, My appearance on Zeng This it kicks off my vacation, so uh, I'm doing fantastic. Thanks that, for asking. I, I'm I'm glad to to be the 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 low point of your vacation. May may it ever soar upwards from here. <laughs> no man, I'm doing I'm doing I'm doing really good and uh, looking forward to the time off and glad that uh, glad that we have a chance to talk again. I like I like coming on your show and I like having you on because um for for multiple reasons one you're always a great personality to have on here and two because I have finished your 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 current trilogy of of books the embark. Um, saga trilogy. I don't know what what you you are the author, sir. So what what are you calling this? Because I know that you've already revealed that there is more to come in this world universe yeah. you have written. So I think for now, um, it's the this is the Embark trilogy. Um, it will end up being the series, uh, but for the moment, until the other books are out, um, this this is a coherent. You know, a, a this is a conclusion. There's a full arc in these three stories, even though we're going to continue going on. So for now, it's just the Embark trilogy. All right, cool. And I I know for for longtime listeners, you you have been on before. So if I do accidentally repeat any questions from your previous interview, I'm going to try not to because I'm going to try to hit you with a few different angles. But now that I have a complete a complete story to talk to you about, not really like too much of a cliffhangers to go off sure. of. I, I I feel more more comfortable in that but also at the same time i do want to uh tell the listener that we will have a very interesting conversation but we will of course put in any spoilers needed because i don't want to spoil anything because these are great books and you should go out and read them or audiobook them as well because because um if, if you're enjoying the sounds of john's voice he is the uh he actually is the narrator for the books himself so yeah and that was um plug plug that, plug yeah, <laughs> yeah that was uh that was actually there's two reasons for that. Um, one, um, hiring actual voice actors is incredibly expensive, and uh, my salary as a radio talk show host doesn't pay that much money. <laughs> um, but two, because of the fact that I've got a, a 24 year career as a radio host, I mean, a lot of people know me just from the different places that I've worked, whether it's Tucson for nine years or for the past four years here in Minnesota. So, um, I, that's why I made the decision to uh, to narrate the books, and I feel like I did an okay job. I mean, you got through all of them, so somehow. Something. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They're they're very enjoyable. Um, you 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 don't just read the books; you put a lot of effects in there too, to where if it's done like over a communicator or something, uh, and you do have, of course, it's not just when you're reading a certain character; it's read in a different tone. So I I, I appreciate the fact that that you brought li- more life into your books that into the audio book than just I'm going to read a book. It's I'm going to create more of a world as you're listening to it. Sort of a radio play as well. Yeah. I tried to, I tried to, I tried to find a good balance. You know, I'm not great with voices. Um, as a matter of fact, I, 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 I laughed and, and my wife laughed at me cause there's a, there's a, a character that's got an Irish accent. And when I, when, I, I was <laughs> good. Okay. Okay. I, okay. I I'll stop. 
Um, yes. So no, 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 no. You, you, you can keep going. I just wanted to say there was a moment when I was listening to it and I almost messaged you because I was like, really? I yeah. mean, it's, it's, it's fine. It was just, it came out of left field. I was not expecting it. Well, it was funny because when when my because my wife does the editorial work on it, so I write them and then I, I put the books through Grammarly. I try to clean them up as best I can. Um, she's the one with the college degree, uh, and so she does the editorial edit on it, and then I send it off to a proofreader who does the proofread, and then I record the audio book, which gives me sort of a final opportunity to do any to do any you know last minute cleanups if something got got missed but it was funny because when melinda was editing the book she she started laughing because she's like what in the world are you going to do when you get to this character in the audiobook i go well i'm gonna i'm gonna do my best and this will i i hope i i'm pretty sure you of all people will understand this um i tried to channel um the uh, the Sean Connery character from Hunt for Red October. <laughs> that's I can where I, I can see that's it now. I can see it. From. <laughs> I can see it. Yeah. So that was that was it. it reminds me of the heady days of Sputnik and Yelly Gagarin. So yeah. Perfect. Uh, no, because it just it, I just was not expecting it, and I heard it, and I'm like, this isn't bad, but I was not <laughs> expecting this at all. So it, it, it was it was a nice little taste in was. there. So um, but but no, I mean like and. And, and I, I do have a few questions surrounding since the trilogy is now complete and everything. Uh, and I think I might have asked you this in the previous one. This is why I wanted to bring this up. How much of this did you have planned out ahead of time? Or how much of it just came as you were creating the worlds and stuff and as you were writing the books? Did, did you have a trilogy planned from book one? Or was it once... Like, walk me through the process of how we we, we, we are here at embark vanishing war on the precipice of embark adventures sure um the the first book uh i had i i had mentally a beginning middle in it mm. um and it and it was and, and i think we did talk about it last time but i'll yeah. just i'll do a recap that that first book was was very was really really inspired by um by a new hope i wanted to do something that kind of echoed echoed that um, and I wanted a story that was um, somewhat simple in terms of objective in in the first book. So that one, I, I had a I didn't plot it out, but I had a sort of a mental plot um, going into book two and three uh, in the Treasure and Darkness and the Vanishing War was really I, I really kind of flew by the seat of my pants. Um, I knew that the second book I wanted to be a more personal story. And I wanted the characters to grow and I wanted to put them through their paces and and, you know, sort of, you know, de deconstruct them a bit and to, to, to get them to the place where I got them in the Vanishing War. Um, it, I'll be honest, when I started writing the Vanishing War, I did not know where that was going to go. Okay. Um, I started writing it and the, the the resolution came early on in the process um, without getting too, without getting too far into spoilers, and and it worked out well with with the father character, but um, yeah, when I went into the Vanishing War, I wasn't sure how this was gonna this was gonna play out, and it really was just sort of pure inspiration. And um, what's interesting about that, at least from my perspective, is the Vanishing War ended up through if this was it was a completely subconscious subtext, but that story and the resolution of that story ended up mirroring um, at least 
in my mind, um, a lot of what we're dealing with in society in a way that I did not intend until it was over. Like when I finished it, I went, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize what I did. <laughs> and that's just very much sort of aligning with, with a lot of what we're dealing with in, in modern society when it comes to social networking and, and mm -hmm. fake news. So yeah, it was, it was really, that third book was really just a lot of pure, uh, what they call pantser, flying by the seat of my pants. But um, I was really, really happy with the way that it ended up turning out. And I liked, I really liked the way that that book resolved. It was, it was different in my opinion. And I, and I was pleased with the, pleased with the result. And I hope that people reading it and listening to it are too. I, I, I was very pleased with myself. I do want to ask, how many times did you read and or watch Ready Player One while you were writing Vanishing War? Um, oh gosh, probably a few times, but the Ready Player One, um, because there, because there's a few references in there and I was like, hmm, that it's funny because Ready Player One was really on my mind during the first book more than the third book. If anything, if anything ended up in the third book with, um, with any sort of sort of subtle nods to it or anything that felt like it, that was all subconscious. I love that story. I love Ready Player One. I, I, I know you do. Uh, you, you, yeah. we, we spoke about before. I know it's one of your, you, 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 your inspirations and everything. I just enjoyed in the book how the characters mentioned it, and there was also a Ready Player Two reference in there. Yeah, which worked out. That was a guess. Okay, I, I was going to ask, I'm like, did you delay the book a little bit? Was it, I, I want to get this one great line in there, or was it just a shot in the dark? It was a shot in the dark. It was, a, it was, a, I had a line, I had that line of, of, uh, of uh, the Ready Player 2-2, two, two, which made me laugh. Yes. And, um, uh, yeah, I, that was a total, that was a total just, you know, this might work out, this might not. And, you know, once it was done, I was like, hey, that worked out. So, <laughs> and, and, and that was, yeah, that was a. That was just a that was just a guess that ended up uh, being a, a nice little a nice little a nice little accident. And well, the the other thing is you, you you pepper in a lot of pop culture references and stuff to both our existing pop culture and the future pop culture of what Embark exists in too. Um, I, I like the fact that there I think if I remember correctly there was a reference to the Indiana Jones movies as well. Yeah. Uh, at one point, there's well, of course, there are multiple, 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 multiple references to Star Wars. Some reason, most of them are the prequel trilogy, but I won't get into that. <laughs> well, I, you know, I think. Well, I, just real quick, I think the reason, I think the reason why the prequel trilogy stuff got mentioned more was simply because of the the type of comedy I wanted to put in the book lent itself more to references to the to the prequels mm -hmm. um you know and again it was just that was all just inspiration and the stuff that, that came to mind but i really think that the sort of the humor that i wanted to that i wanted to include in the third book um if i had any references it just was it was more aligned with stuff you would have found in the prequels than the sequel trilogy or the original trilogy i mean there there, there is a there is a even um like tier of a lot of them it's just i guess the prequel one stuck out to me more i know there's the course the reference to Empire, An Empire Strikes Back of the maneuver mm -hmm. Han does. I know that that's mentioned in there. I just know that there was a point where one of the people was piloting and and they're they're like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll do a spin. Spins are something people do and everything. And I'm like sitting there and I'm like, oh, of course. I, I, I was waiting for a Jar Jar reference, but did not happen. To the best of my knowledge, maybe I just missed it. Maybe I missed it somehow and just did not get no. it. But no, but no I, I, I enjoy the fact that that in in the world you've created the pop culture is still ner nerd culture is still strong and out there and something that is is present 
it's still. Well, that's what you know. That's what I like. I mean, the the books are really they're they're really just a reflection of. And I, I, I suppose it's like this for most for, for most authors. I guess I can't speak for other authors, but you know, I, I write what I like and, and what interests me. And I just real I get a kick out of when, you know, when there's cultural references in in modern day films to stuff. You know, when it when it really sort of reflects how we are as as fans, as podcasters, you mm-hmm. know, as content creators. I know I get a big kick out of that. Um, so I just really liked the idea that these individuals, even though it's set in the future, um, and there's a bit of a mechanism that I play with in the book to try to, to try to make that rational. Um, but I just get a kick out of that when I see references in, in, uh, in modern life when, you know, with like a, if a sitcom is talking about something and they reference Star Wars, I, I get a kick out of that. Yes. So I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll do, I'll do that in my books too. I, I mean, I, 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 we are both Star Wars fans. I know listeners to this are Star Wars fans. So, I mean, there, there, there is, of course, references I, I know in our daily life to Star Wars or jokes made. Or I don't know how many times I've sat there and wanted to grab something and reached out and been like, if I just had the Force. So, I mean, it, it is great to, to have that within the books as well, too. So, I, I really enjoyed that. Um, and, and speaking of the books and, and inspirations and stuff... Um, where did you draw your your inspiration for the for for this trilogy and everything? Like like I mean I know Star Wars is, but is there any like characters or people or or stuff in in your life that, that contributed to this a lot, or was it just like just I just wanted to make a story? Um, I intentionally did not make um, any of the characters sort of one to one. I mean, avatars or correlation, um, except for one. And I'll say that what that is in a moment. Um, I didn't want to do that because I, I kind of have a close knit circle of friends. I, I've never been um, just the kind of person that, that had like a big group of friends. I just kind of have a very close knit circle. Um, and it's usually people that I work with, you know, mm. or individuals like yourself, people within the fandom that I end up becoming friends with. Uh, I'm a friend. So I, I, <laughs> I didn't, uh, I, I, I hope so. I think they are. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, but I, I didn't want to do that because, like, I didn't. I just, I didn't think that was fair, you know. And I didn't want anybody going in reading it, you know, looking for things. There's little nods here and there to people that I know, but mm. um, none of them are one to one comparisons, except the villain. Okay, the villain, Sint Argum. Um, there was a, and I'll say it now because it's been enough years. There was a program director that I had in Tucson. I went through several different program directors, and there was one particular program director who was just a thorn in my side. Uh, and, and I just, that guy, oh my gosh. Uh, he tried, you know, he met well. But Sint Argum was, because I was going through that when I started the first book. I was in the middle of that experience in Tucson. Um, and so he really was, that particular program director was the inspiration for Sint Argum and me venting. Um, he kind of grew throughout the books. But yeah, that guy was that program director. And oh, I was so satisfied when I, finally had that resolution you have no idea <laughs> okay so 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 my question is i didn't see saint argum as the villain though i saw alcoholism as the villain the entire time oh, interesting. Interesting. <laughs> no okay. I'm, I'm i'm kidding but but no i i i was like is this coming from something like like the 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 only person who ever seems to really drink is saint argum right and, and you go into great detail into it so i'm like is this pulling from something is is there like something yes. there but I, I, I guess now knowing that, I guess there is something there. Well, no, but, well, no. The the alcohol 
part of it um, is actually interesting uh, because there it's it's fair to say that there's a little bit of me in all these in all the main characters mm-hmm. right and and I draw from personal experience um, I don't personally have a drinking problem <laughs> rum is my go-to choice of alcohol it's a good um, choice but, if you're of um, age yeah that that idea of him drinking and uh, how that plays out through all the stories was was very much sort of based off of my own experiences with alcohol. And I've never had a problem with it or anything like that, but I like to drink on the weekends. And mm. I actually stopped. I, I don't I don't drink it. I don't drink anymore. I have it now for for, I don't know, like six months just out of a sort of a health thing. You get older and you start feeling like crap too much. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, that was that, that him having a drinking problem. I wanted him self-medicating. Um, oh, I wanted him okay. going to something. I wanted him going to something that was that was sort of fueling how he how he dealt with things. Because that character, um, he's always teetering on the brink. And I liked the idea that the only thing that was keeping him from completely, go- even though he does on occasion, from completely going there was this idea that he was drinking all the time. And that was the only thing that kind of kept him cohesive in check and in turn was wrecking him the whole time. I, I, I like that aspect. I just wanted to make that joke because because it is something that, that is very obvious in there and the whole self-medicating thing and everything. It makes sense with the character. Uh, also, backhanding a ton of officers is is, is a great thing. If, if this ever does turn into anything, I if, if, if I can just request one thing, and I don't yeah. request much, can I just be one of the officers that gets backhanded? Just absolutely. Just, just have it be. Hey, that's me. Just, yeah. just, just because there, there, there's, there's like a short list of them at one point in. I, I definitely know in Vanishing War, of just him just well, I, backhanding people multiple times. I wanted something akin to um, I Vader. Something akin to Vader. Yeah, you know, Vader choking out officers, right? Yep. Just and I, I was like, what can I have Argum do? And I go, oh, I know, he's a jerk. He would just slap people. He would just. You know. <laughs> And, and it works for the character. I I enjoyed it because every time someone went up to go talk to him, like they're gonna get smacked. <laughs> so it, it was it was great reading that. Like like I like said, he was a villain that I I never wanted to root for. I just enjoyed like the parts where he was he was centered on, like the story was focusing on him because he was you you wrote him deliciously evil enough that. He's one of those villains like no one wants to root for, but they want to know what's going on with him the whole time. Oh, that's cool, man. That so, made that made my day. For for, cool. for 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 me, that that's how I took it as it wasn't like a oh, it's it's like okay, he he. But the other, but at the same time, he keeps building. There, there's there's this escalation of, you know, he's got multiple plates spinning. Like it's 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 the plates spinning everywhere. It's like when's all this going to come down? Because it has to come down at some point. Yeah. And it's just it keeps building on like how much bigger is this situation he's creating going to be? Because if he wipes out the resistance and everything, then, you know, he's going to be good. But if he doesn't, then, I mean, what's going it, to... It's it's one of those things you, you, you did a good job of. The stakes for... The heroes kept, kept rising at times, but the stakes for the villain on what's going to finally push it over the edge was, was great awesome. to read and everything. Yeah, so I, I appreciate the writing of that. Well, I appreciate your comments, man. I'm glad that that I'm glad that uh, it, it it really it, it tickles me uh, to yeah. hear that. I 
I liked I, I really liked the idea and of in in sort of building the bad guys. Um, I I personally just got a lot of enjoyment about the fact that like all the people around him, like they were bad, right? But mm-hmm. like they weren't as bad, and it was more like they. I liked the fact that they didn't really want to follow him. <laughs> they, they just they didn't, you know, but they didn't have a choice. And yeah. they all kind of had their own motivations. But when you get to the third book and everything starts spiraling out of control, I I was really it was like a happy accident that it turned out the way that it did in that third book with those with those other ancillary secondary villain characters. Um because he just kept trying to get more and more, and they all saw it, but they couldn't do anything about it. And I, I was, I was pleased with how that worked out in the end. So it means a lot that you ended up liking, liking Argum in that way. That's cool. I, like, like I said, you, you technically, quote unquote, can't like a villain most of the time, but I, I right. do like, I, I like villains with some depth or something going on. It's, 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 it's better than just oh, I need to go rob a bank so i can get money it's it's something to where it's it's built on like it, give, it gives the characters depth and i really enjoy the fact that i mean you you did that with all your characters but the villains was was one that like we when we went back to them in the story it was always like oh what's going on now what's he gonna do now who's he gonna kill now how much drinking has he done i can't wait to see what's going on so well and and back to ready player one like visually i had i had a lot of sorrento from ready player one especially from the movie mm. um was, was in the back of my mind and that and actually that actor too was kind of um was kind of there um i, I liked the way that he portrayed him in the in the movie version so um, i didn't want it to be a, a ripoff or anything or more of a just a sort of a nod but that's who i kind of was thinking of and sort of in in his sleazy in his sleaziness yes i Okay, you you said this. And I was going to ask you later, but since you brought it up, I'm going to do this now. Okay. If 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 somehow in some some way, shape, or form, actually, I I brought it up earlier, so so technically this is my fault. But in some way, shape, or form, if this is made into a movie series or a uh, mini series on on a on a channel or something, it's put put to film somehow. Who are you, who would you want to cast for your characters? You, you don't do every character, but I want some highlights. I want some highlights. It's so hard because I've gone down this road, and I actually <laughs> do. I even have it? I have it. My note, do I have my notes up here? Let me look. I actually had a I had a running list going. Um, the problem that I ran into um, with it is that so many. I I look at it in real world terms. So any actors that I choose would age out by the yeah. time the film got made. <laughs> um. So I definitely I forgot who's the actor that played Sorrento. I can't remember his name now. Who also oh, played him? Yeah, he's yeah he's in. Oh man, it, you, you said it. I'm like he's gonna say it at some point. I'm gonna be like, uh, and I should know this. I can look it up. I'm 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 the worst with actors though too. So like knowing people, so that's the other problem with this too. Wikipedia film. Yeah, I think we're both doing it now, aren't we? This is great. This is great podcast. This, this, this is this is uh, Ben Mendelsohn. There you go. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I Ben Mendelsohn could absolutely play yeah. um, um Oddly, I also I know this is going to sound weird. I actually think Vince Vaughn would make a good Synargum. Vince Vaughn. Huh. I can see he's that. Tall, he's tall and lanky enough. If yeah. He, and when he's done dramatic roles, if he turned on the the, the snark, um, I could actually see him 
playing uh, playing that character. Uh, for like Ven, Ven was always like a Vin Diesel type. Um, yeah. uh, I always kind of had a had a vision of that, or even like a younger a younger Rock. Um, when it came to uh, Torian. Uh, who you know ends up being a bigger character, and she's going to have more of a story coming up, and we could talk about it if you want yes. in book four. Um, I kind of envisioned her almost like an Amanda Siegfried, okay, to a certain extent. Um, and Tatsin, you know, Tats and Katha are tough because those are two characters that I've looked at a number of uh, of different people. And the um, Timothy Chalamet is that Chalamet Chalamet, the guy that's going to be in Dune. He's also an Interstellar. I, I'm I'm looking it up. So 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 continue. But when you get a yeah. ah, then that that means I I found it. Yeah. So I, I pictured him or the guy or the 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 guy that was in the uh, Maze Runner movies would have been a good a good Taft. Even like a Tom Holland wouldn't have been a bad Taft. Uh, I can't, um, can can I advise you with two people not to go with? Sure. Okay. I I know this is this is really bad, and I know no one's gonna get this reference, and I don't know why I'm even making this reference. If if anyone remembers the movie um, Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets, mm-hmm. yeah, Yo, those no, those two, those no. two, they they had zero chemistry, zero no chemistry. like no. Sorry, I was just thinking of like, oh, well, who's a good duo that that could be good again? And I'm like, no, wait, that that's a bad one, and I was on board with that movie until I saw it. So, <laughs> I. I that movie's great except for those two characters. And it it's it's one like of those. It's it is. It's weird because it's like everything about this looked amazing, and you give them like I've seen them in other stuff, and they're okay. It's just it didn't work. It didn't work on so many levels. But anyways, I just wanted to. Sorry, I wanted to get that off my chest real quick. Yeah, no, no, no. I agree with you. I enjoyed that movie except those two characters. They were supposed to have this chemistry, and they just did. They just did not. So, so see, learn from that. If 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 you if you get to make a movie, be like, no, yeah. Make um, sure they... a, um, a Haley Stanfield wouldn't be a bad Katha. I was looking at her too. She wouldn't be. She wouldn't be too bad. Um, but yeah. So, like I said, it's just it's tough because you know when I look at the ages of the characters, and these these books were written. I want I want these to be movies. I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, I do. Yeah. That's what I I would that would be just an absolute dream come true. And they were written that way. I was written. You know, that first book, um, probably the biggest complaint that I've had off that first book is that it reads too much like a movie. And I, I tried to write books two and three and certainly books four and five that I'm that I'm in the middle of. Um, I, I'm, I'm writing those more like very typical sort of books and and um, showing more and, and sort of telling less, you know, in, in that regard. But that first book was definitely written, you know, written more like a more, more like a movie. Oh, and I mean, they, they, they definitely are. They. I, I visually could from from your descriptions and from your writing I know this is something I've brought up before you you do a good job of almost like you don't need like stage directions and everything would just be it's just like just 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 read this paragraph in the book it tells you everything we don't need to yeah. but what are we gonna do here it's 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 all right there and everything and, and it would lend to these amazing um shots and stuff and these amazing definitely a very expensive movie i can tell you that right now so maybe getting some unknown actors in their first gig might might be a good thing to go with maybe like one or two big names for like the bigger roles but but that's just my recommendation and everything but no i i i i would love to see these on screen you you've created a very iconic um 
core and I would love to be able to see that on the big screen and everything and, and see some of these these um I I these these set pieces brought to life that that you've created. I mean, okay, now we're going to get into spoiler territory people. So if you have not read any of the books, I will I I'm, I'm sure me and John will both talk about stuff that's pretty spoilery from now on. So I cuz I wanted to say, okay, so your spoiler warnings there if you're continuing to listen, it's on you. Um the moon blowing up, the earth blowing up. These are scenes that would be just I mean, they they've been done before. But it would be something to where, like, it, it hasn't been done in the way that, that you wrote it. The um, flying through the ash clouds over, um, I wanted to say Yosemite, and it's and it's Yellowstone. Yeah. Uh, over Yellowstone. Like, I could visually see that, and I'm like, I want, I, oh, man, if, I have no directing talent whatsoever, but I want to be able to be like, and this needs to happen, and this, like, I, I just, I can't imagine what it was like for you to write it, because me reading it, I was just envisioning it as this, like, amazing, like, any of those scenes, like, like, the, the, the Yellowstone one stands out to me, because, like, just ash clouds, you know, stuff fly, it, 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 it is, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm kind of having a geek out moment, um, it, it is something, like, it's so cinematic, and it would be so great to see on the big screen. So, I went... I went to Yellowstone and that's where the big inspiration from that um, came from. Well, I needed a way, <laughs> it's funny. I needed a way to, I didn't want it to be to get everybody off of earth in that first book. Um, I did not want to go the, the way that we go so often now when it's some weather related global warming mm -hmm. stuff. I'm like, no, 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 I don't want to do that. I, I want to, so I had to figure out a way how, you know, how do I cause all this mayhem and destruction and make it as believable as possible? So crafting, having these two big corporations that basically are the biggest corporations on the planet and having them have massive, huge facilities scattered all across the planet got me halfway there. And then blowing Yellowstone up took me the rest of the way. Mm -hmm. But when I wrote when I wrote all three of these and especially book one. These were my dream films. It was it was me sitting down going, if I was going to walk into a theater and not see a Star Wars movie, what would I want to see? Which is hard for you to do, by the way. Right. How many times have you seen um, Episode Nine? Oh, gosh, I have no idea, man. So many okay. times. All right. <laughs> I, I know we had a going count at one point. I love... No, I, I saw it in the theater 12 times. I don't know how many times I've seen it at at home um I'm, I'm watching it right now okay good I good I, I i wanted to make sure um no but that but but again that's it's funny it's funny because i've gotten again the biggest criticism that i've had with these books is for all the reasons why i think you enjoy them and so um i think the books work for a certain type of reader mm -hmm. almost Almost to the point where I wanted to market them like these are books for people that don't like to read. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's not a way to market books. You know, that's like the complete opposite. But that really is kind of how they're done. So that's you know. So if I could find like a million singers, yeah, I'd be I'd be golden. I Zach's, need to find more. Zach's living nightmare, by the way. But yes. <laughs> Um, no, I mean, I, I, I said, I mean, I, I've, I've really enjoyed them and everything and I've been, I've enjoyed being able to, 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 to come to you personally about it and everything. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm not, I'm sorry to, to put this on you, but I'm not telling people not to do that. You're very open to uh, respond on Twitter and everything. So 
By, by all means, people, bug him on Twitter. I'm sure he'll respond to you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to throw you in front of the bus with that, but... Oh, I, no, no, I just... I mean, they're, they're, like, like I said, they're, they're great stuff. And, and yes, I can definitely, um, as you said, like you, you, you wrote something that you would love to see on screen. And I wish I even vaguely had the ability to write. All I have the ability to do is apparently talk. And you have given me an ingenious idea of how to market Zingness from now on. Hey, do you like, do you not like listening to people talk? Try my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so ho- hopefully that they'll, they'll get me some more, um, some more listeners with that. Um, so some, I, I, I do have a few things that I don't know why it stuck out when I was listening to stuff and maybe it's just stuff like I've, I just didn't catch. I, I enjoy the fact that, um, you, you, you did have a moment where the, the, um, and like I said, we're in spoiler now, so I can talk about stuff in, in Vanishing War where one of the characters had to like face to face with somebody like comprehend killing them. Right. And everything. Because I don't know why it clicked in my head at that point. I'm like, these people aren't really like that heartbroken over killing people. Huh. And then that's, and then that part happened. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So yeah. It, it was, it was one of those things that I, I just, I was like, maybe I missed it. Maybe it's just cause I'm like, they've blown up plenty of ships with people in them. And then you're, it, talking, you're talking about the end, right? You're talking about the, uh, the, the end moment between two females. Yes. Is that what you're yes. 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 Okay. Um, Dude, that's awesome. That's so great you said that. Um, because that's, yes. So, we overlook that in, like, at least I do, right? You overlook that when you watch these, when you watch, like, Star Wars movies or, yeah. or science fiction films with big battles. You just, we just completely accept the fact that we're just wiping, I mean, those are people in those TIE fighters, yeah. right? I mean, we're just killing indiscriminately. So, I really wanted to have a moment where one of these characters had to, there was justification, obviously, but even in the moment there was hesitation. And I, I really, I, in that, I was like, all right, I've got to make sure that I bridge the gap here because this is no longer just somebody in a cockpit shooting lasers at indiscriminately at a machine that happens to have a person in it with a disconnect. These are two people and these are real characters that I've, you know, these are real people. And I, I wanted that moment to be like, okay, this is going to be something that is not going to be what they're used to doing because they have to come face to face and do that. And so um, if you're saying that worked, then that really pleases me because that was definitely in my mind when I wrote that scene was that, you know, this is not something where we can just have this character just go, ah, you're dead. Yeah. Kind of thing. This no, it, it, it worked because I, I said it was it was in like the lead up to like I just I don't know why it clicked all of a sudden. It's like they've killed a lot of people and they just kind of wave it off. And and then when that happened, I'm like, oh, good. It's it's something where they're finding our humanity, at least for a brief second. Right. And everything. What? I mean, and, and it's someone who who she should have no problem with killing. Right. Exactly. And and that's exactly. why I, I enjoyed the fact of the character growth in that moment and everything. It made it made a great moment for me there with, with that because it was something that I, I said, I don't know why it clicked and I'm and I'm glad you, you pointed out stuff and everything that because you, you are right. Like there's so many times in movies to where it's just like stormtrooper, 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 a certain person, <laughs> ah, I gotta stare you down and, and comprehend right. this. Ah, stormtrooper. 
Well, so, and I and, and I'll be honest. I remember that I almost rewrote that scene because there's a brief moment when I was I think it was when I was doing the audiobook when I read the scene and I was like, oh man, this is you know my this this hero character is is turning a corner here, and I don't know if I want it to be that extreme. But then when I finished doing the narration of it. Um, and this happens a lot because it just it takes so long to write these books. You just kind of become disconnected with certain scenes. Yeah. And um, it isn't until I see the entire scene play out again because I may not have read it in, in a month and a half or two months where I go, no, 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 no. OK, I'm, I'm good. I ended up taking care of this because there's a moment in there where you're kind of it's kind of out of character and almost like, wow, she's taking this to the extreme. But then you pull back and realize, no, this is um, this is harder uh, and, and I'm laying it out as being harder. And I'll add something to it since we're going full spoilers here. Mm-hmm. Um, the the very end, the very, very end um, and the sort of the climax between the villain and Taft, um, I intentionally had him do what he did in that moment um, for this very reason. And I'm kind of dancing around it without being too spoilery. Well, but, I said I said you can spoil stuff. We we can spoil okay. stuff. So I intentionally did not have Taft directly kill Argum. I wanted that to be sort of it, like he's gonna do it, but he's gonna he's gonna facilitate that death rather than having him just blast him. So that's why I had him target the Lumentanium mm-hmm. on that ship because because of that very reason. I was like, you know. Taft's, these characters aren't killers, you know, in yeah. technical terms. They're they're not. They're trying to stop something from happening. And this guy needs to die, but I just couldn't bring myself to have him because they never really come face to face. You know, they're they're always no. kind of, they're always separated. And so I wanted to make sure in that moment, I wanted that. No, I want this to be. He's going to do it, but it's going to be more like this is the mechanism of how that's gonna that's gonna happen. That's why I wrote that that way. And and it works because because when, when when you do have the the human moment of their face to face, it becomes more personal. Then it's something to where it's like, oh, it's not just a person in the ship, or it's not just someone behind a mask, right? Yeah, she doesn't have a mask on then either. Mm-mm. Wow, you 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 did a good job writing that. Yeah, I wanted her to. See, <laughs> I want I wanted her to see her face. I wanted that moment between between Katha and and Dulia to, uh, yeah. And I had set that up all, when when I wrote. Um, when I wrote Treasure in Darkness, that was always the intent. Okay. Was that I needed to have I needed I needed Taft and Katha to both have challenges that they had to go and resolve. And so that's why I, I ended up having that that um, that severed arm moment in, in Treasure in Darkness to lead up to what we what ends up happening in the vanishing world. Alright, I'm go, I'm gonna ask you something this in this I, I I don't know, I feel weird asking this because as as a to a to a creator, is there anything you regret? Or wish 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 you could change now now looking back. Oh man, um, I, I I'm sorry. It's it's a hard question to ask. Cause I'm like I don't no. want to ask this because it seems weird. But at the same time, I think I'm going to get a good answer. No, I I think I I probably would have trimmed up book one. Um, and actually I did on the second edition. The second edition of book one, um, there's a lot of exposition at the beginning of that book, especially with the podcasting, um, world building that I did. Um, and I. I did. I took out. Oh gosh, I don't remember how many thousand words I took out of that first book. Um, and I moved all that exposition of Katha listening to the podcast host. Moved that to a prologue. But um, 
I probably would have made the first book move faster and maybe trim back. There's a lot that happens in that first book and yeah. a lot of action, a lot of action sequences and, and stuff that I probably could have taken out and pulled back on and made a, made a shorter book. And maybe someday in the future, I'll, I'll do more of a, I don't know what they call that an abridged version. Um, Author's preferred text. Yeah. Yeah. Or, no, I, no, I, wait, sorry. That that's normally the reverse. It's, it's where they add stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I would more. Um, no, that's probably... Oh, okay. No, I got it. I do have one. Okay, I do good. have one. Good. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I didn't think of it. Um, big spoiler alert. <laughs> I would not have killed Ashley in book one. Oh, but that's such an emotional moment. I know, but I've gotten so much grief for whatever reason, especially from my son. My, my 13-year-old son was devastated like he was mad at me like he, like <laughs> and i've had so many people come back and go i can't believe you did that and i don't know if it's a um if it's an expectation for the genre or if people just assumed that this core group of these five people was going to remain for all three stories um but i wanted some emotional impact and some weight in that first book and so that's why i did it but i think in retrospect i probably would have had him live because i think people really I really liked that character and it probably was because he just, he, he was very, he had a very distinct character in that for, you know, a uh, personality traits in that first book. So I probably wouldn't have killed him off. But he, he did sort of live on through, um, through his like, uh, research and his, the work that, that, that he did. <laughs> That's why I did that. Okay, good. <laughs> I was like, I was like, wait, but, but he kind of did vaguely and everything. No, I, I, that's why he, that's why in book three, he ends up sort of posthumously playing such a huge role for that very reason. See, I'm, I'm not a good influence on you because I'm, I'm, I'm the one on the shoulder going, do it. Do it. Kill him off. <laughs> yes. Kill him off. I, I mean, I, I understand, understand why you did it. It's something to where it shows that the stakes are real for everybody involved. I mean, I, I think the stakes were real when the earth and the moon blew up, but I mean, tomato, tomato. Yeah. Sort of well, thing. And I, you know, and, and I had a, I, I really had a tough time deciding on what I wanted to do with that, with the Akshay Rao character, because I really liked her a lot too. Mm. And I could have, um, there was a, there was a, a moment in time where I was like, oh man, I'd like to see, I kind of like to see her go on, but I needed the Vanishing War needed that thing. It needed that to happen. Um, I needed Argum to be, you know, at the end. I needed, I, I just, I needed everybody rooting for him to go away. <laughs> I mean, like I said, you, you did a good job with it, and it once again shows the whole spinning plates thing of it's it's like he ke keeps on doing stuff, and you keep thinking, up, oh, it's going to be here, up, oh, it's going to be here, nope, oh, just keeps going and everything. Um, I, okay, so I just asked you if you wanted to change anything, and, and like I said, I wanted to ask that because I know some people have like, like from, from listening to interviews and stuff, some people are like, oh, I wish I had done this, or I wish I had done that and everything, so, so I, I, I just wanted to pick your brain about that. And I know that with, um, as you said, with books and stuff, like taking stuff out, I know that some um, authors have like a preferred text where they like add more stuff too. Because they're like, oh, I think this scene could have been better. Or this could have been that. And I, I just find it funny how, how yours is actually I wanted to take stuff out. And and I understand oh. in, um, in, in, in the first book and everything, there, there's a lot of exposition that has to happen and everything. I didn't mind it. Because I was like, it's it's world building. I you, you need to have this so you're not sitting there later on during an action scene having to, you know, be like, wait, let's take a moment to explain why we're here. Well, it's it's interesting. The thing that I've learned about self publishing um, is that 
you just you there's different there's different segments of readers and different demographics of readers that just have different expectations mm -hmm. and for a lot of for for a lot of successful self-published authors they write a lot of books and you know this is going to end up being probably right now i've got about seven you know seven stories and that's that's kind of where we'll see what happens after that i have a whole other series off to the side in kind of a different genre that i'll work and, on and that's and that, that that you're you're hitting on a question I want to ask you next, but continue. Okay, I'll hold off on that. Um, but there's a lot of readers that they call them whale readers, and I think for those whale readers um, who read a lot of sci-fi, you know, and go through a couple books a weekend, um, you know, when they get handed a book like mine, especially book one, it just ends up being too dense in the exposition. They want something that's faster, which is kind of why Treasure in Darkness is sh the shortest of the three, and moves as fast as it does because i intentionally wanted to try to pace pace the next two books better than i did that that first one but but again i've also heard from people like you and others that they really enjoyed all the world building in that first mm -hmm. book so you, you can't please everybody i i but the thing i understand it's necessary for this like star wars i understand you have to do stuff and it's like yes i understand but it seems like every movie you have to explain like like there's certain things i feel like every movie they have to explain certain things i have to watch the origin of spider-man 15 times i know right. uncle ben dies but we right. have to show it i know that batman's parents die but nope we have to show it and it's one of those things i understand that like for everyone this and of course with this this was your first book and everything so you had to set up the thing now if in vanishing world all of a sudden we had to get all this exposition dumped i'd be like mm, that's weird um no i i feel like treasure i i felt i feel like treasure in darkness like i i enjoy the vanishing war and everything i feel like treasure in darkness is kind of my favorite though it's just, kind of mine too it just and, and it's and it's my weird thing about like it's it's the middle it, it has every it's it's like a great build up and everything. The Vanishing War is great, and it took me a while to finish it because I didn't want it to end. It's oh, one of those things. I had like a weird flip on like like some audiobooks. I would just rail through that one. I kept stopping every chapter and going. I'll listen to the next chapter tomorrow. I'm like, cause I wanted to keep it it going for a little bit longer. If I don't know if that sounds weird or anything, because with oh, with, awesome. with with Treasure and Darkness, I just boom ran straight through it, and with with uh, Vanishing War, I was like, I want to hang on. I, I want to just hang on to a little bit longer because I know that once this is done, I, I mean, I'll, I'll have stuff later, but I was like, once this is done, it's it's done, and I don't know where how he's going to end it. So, uh, But um, I, I do want to talk to you about more stuff with the Embark and what's coming up, but uh, my, my question to you is this. If there was another genre you could write for, what would it be and why? Um, I have a an epic fantasy trilogy laid out and ready to be written. Right. Um, I've got a concept and actually it was, it's really, it's, it's kind of funny because there almost wasn't going to be right now a book five. So let me, I'm going to, I know we're going to talk about the next ones, but I'll, I'll put these two together real quick. So the book four, and we can talk about it in a minute. Hmm. It's a spinoff story uh, based off of an event that happens in the vanishing war. Um, it is. It is. It's. It's even shorter than Treasure in Darkness. It's more of just a fun sort of Indiana Jones meets um, Tom Hanks's Castaway meets The Martian. Um, it's almost a comedy, written in first person. Um, I'm really excited for it. It's a really fun book. Uh, it's. It's a lot lighter than the other three books, and that was going to be it for now. I had this other idea and actually spent about two weeks 
hammering out details for this epic fantasy um, that's got sci-fi elements to it, but it really is more of a sort of a, a Lord of the Rings in space kind of deal. Um, and I was about ready to start writing it, and then for whatever reason, I I had these other stories for the Embark series in my head, and I was like, no, I really want to do this other trilogy after the Gone Corbin story, and so um, that will be the next series once I finish Embark. It's uh, I've got titles for it, I've got characters, I've got finales laid out. I'm really excited for it because I think it's going to be rad. Um, but yeah, so it's good. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be an epic fantasy set in space. And and you know what? And it's funny because I was. Well, I was when I was thinking about these questions I wanted to ask you today and everything, when that one came up, I'm like, I'm sure it's going to be like sci-fi. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be some fantasy thing. And I didn't just think that because of you being on for a Lord of the Rings episode <laughs> in the future. I just was like, I could see him doing fantasy. But Well, it's, you know, and I, I really, I grounded Embark in as much sort of, I mean, it's science fantasy for the most part. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I, take a, I take a lot of liberties when it comes to the science part of it, but there's not... You know, there's not anything, there's no prophecies and there's no magic and stuff like that. And um, I was hesitant to dabble in that just because it's been done so often. And, you know, that's what Star Wars essentially is. But I, I landed on I landed on a concept that I was really, really happy with. And so, um, yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm excited about that. I'm excited to write these other stories because this this next trilogy is going to be a lot of fun. And I know where it's going to go. And I have. I'm actually staring at the titles right now off to my right, and they're... Uh, I can't see them. <laughs> no, you can't see them. But I I'm know, I can't. <laughs> um, and I'm already 30,000 words into uh, book five, and I'm actually going to... I'm on my vacation. I'm going to try to actually finish that book this week. So it'll be done. Take a while to edit. I probably won't have hmm. it out until the, the end of the year or January. But um, that book five and the next trilogy is going to be really cool. Awesome. So so, so you are officially setting up uh, five, six, seven be the next yeah trilogy. sorry sorry ha having that fourth book in there it's like wait uh, uh, yeah okay so so it's of course going to take place in the same universe as the embark and or or, or, yes. or, 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 you, or you're not answering that yet no 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 i will no i know I, I don't have a problem at all um so book four is the gone corbin story mm -hmm. and um that will that'll be a nice little tag on to the vanishing war um like when you and you've been through the Vanishing War, you've been through the trilogy. That there's there's one plot thread that has not wrapped up, and that's the plot thread in that book that will wrap up. It's kind of an experiment because if the Gone Corbin and the title of it is Gone Corbin and the Asteroid of Misfortune, <laughs> um, I wanted it to be something Indiana Jones esque, yeah. you know, um, kind of Indiana Jones Han Solo. That's kind of what the vibe is. Um, and it's the, the, uh, the banter, it's really, it's, boy, I'm kind of dancing all over the place. It's kind of a story of like a boy and his dog, but it's gone Corbin and his sarcastic AI robot. Um, and they were just a blast to write. That's an experiment. If that book is successful, um, I can envision writing more adventures about him and these characters. Um, but that's, so that's a big if. So that story will be in addition to the vanishing war and then in book five we're going to jump ahead 11 years okay and that's going to allow certain characters from the first three to grow up so we're talking about um daughters yes yes I, so, I know exactly what you're talking about yeah so it's um 
and it's going to be fun, man. Uh, when we're done, I don't want to say it on the podcast, but I'll okay. tell you off the podcast. Haha, <laughs> I'll get it and you guys I'll won't. I'll give you a preview of what happens in book five. All right. All right. Awesome. I, I, I look forward to hearing that and apparently having to keep a deeply secret secret for a while. Can't wait. Um, I, I like I said, it, it was great to have you on. I'm, I'm looking forward to all of this. You, you, you've, you've got a lot going on, uh, in, in, de- definitely in your world of uh, your authorship, but uh, you, you also do a podcast and everything too. So if you want to have a chance to tell people about that, go for it. Yeah, everybody can find um, everything at mynerdworld.net. Uh, there you can find the Star Wars podcasts. I'm starting a new, uh, a new space opera podcast just focusing on the space opera genre. Um, something I've been kicking around for a while. Uh, and then all the books, you know, are available there. You can link to them from Amazon right there from mynerdworld.net. And um, depending on when you – when will this particular podcast come out? Uh, the 27th. Perfect. So um, there, um, I'm doing some giveaways this week. So I'm going to be giving away some autographed copies of the full trilogy and book one. Woo! So if anybody is interested in that, go to mynerdworld.net and uh, click the link right there on the homepage. Uh, all you got to do is send me an email to be added to the mailing list, and uh, I'll do a drawing on the uh, on the 29th um, for a complete signed uh, paperback of the trilogy. And then um, I'll have uh, three... Uh, first editions of uh, book one to uh, to sign and to give away and all free shipping. So I'll do that drawing. So just go to mynerdworld.net and you can sign up for that. And if you do want to check out the books on, of course, more of John's amazing voice and doing the audiobooks, you can, of course, use the www.audibletrial.com slash Zingness link in the description. And there will, of course, be a description to all of john's other stuff uh it, it's been a pleasure to have you on sir i know if people are paying attention you'll be back on zygnus of course for for something else in the near future and everything but um but it was a pleasure to have you on sir uh it, it was great to talk to you about this i i i know it was probably just most of this is just everyone's just going on oh, this is just zinger geeking out over something but it, it really was cool to, to sit here and pick your brain about this and everything it, it was a I, I was very impressed with the trilogy, and I can't wait to see what you do next, sir. So I'm sure you'll be on many more times. Well, thank you so much for having me on, man. And I love um, – it, it, it. look, it means the world to me for people to enjoy these stories. I did this – I wrote these because I just wanted to challenge myself because I'm horrible with grammar. <laughs> and uh, I wanted to know what it was like. I wanted to be as close to George Lucas as possible. So to hear anybody – um, talk about my stories and anybody that enjoyed them is just a thrill for me. So uh, thank you so much for having me on again, man. I really do appreciate it. Uh, it was great to have you on. Of course, you can find find more from John with all the links we said, and you can of course find Zingness with all the links below, or just search Zingness. And we're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you can find great podcasts. We're also there if you want to listen to more. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Bye.
been listening to a fourth hand joint.